0: What's up, guys? Welcome to a very special episode of the Fitness Business University podcast. Um, my email inbox is chock full of people that um, ask me, I think this person would be a really great guest for your podcast. It's like literally like it's like five emails a day of someone pitching someone else to be a guest on the podcast. And I I really have reserved the right... Um, of my podcast uh, for me, there's no more room. I'm a big personality, and there's no more room for anyone but me. Uh, except, except when we have uh, very cool events in the SPF Mastermind, and we had one recently where at our November meeting, um, and we do this every uh, November, we uh, give out an award, and the award is the SPF Mastermind Member of the Year. Uh, we call it the Maven Award, and uh, we had this year. We did something a little different. Where we usually would just give the award out, but this uh, year we had uh, somewhat of a, a, a competition, and uh, we picked, uh, we nominated the two uh, members from our CEO mastermind. Uh, one of them being John Darty, who I'm on the phone with, Doctor John Darty, who I'm on the phone with uh, today and the other being uh, Devin Gage, and both of them had tremendous years. And um, what they did was they went through a pretty extensive interview process where we interviewed them based on uh, the success that they had in their business, what was um, catering to their success and how they had such a really breakthrough year. I mean, there's 74 members in the SPF Mastermind, and we narrowed it down to two. And then those two got in front of the meeting and did a tremendous job. They gave a great presentation at the meeting. It was awesome. Um, and then, you know, we voted on, uh, the winner. So I have John with us, uh, today, Dr. John Darty from Frisco, Texas. He was one of the two finalists that we had. And, um, I brought John on to, to talk about really, you know, the year he had and, um, everything that, that went on in, in, in his life and in business and personally and everything. And, um, you know, I'm very, very honored and excited to have Dr. John Darty as a SPF Mastermind member of the year finalist to do a podcast interview. So John, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Vince. It's uh, It's been a
0: transformative
1: year for sure. So it was an honor to be nominated and, uh, and it's just really been a tremendous year. Honestly, the nomination process was amazing because I obviously know what I've done in the last year in my business, but to actually sit down and look at some of the numbers in terms of the growth of membership, revenue, profit, all that stuff, was actually even eye-opening to me. And I was like, I was kind of like, oh my god, like man, I I really did have a good year. So um, so it was pretty cool to actually take a step back and be forced to look at that, um, you know, from a ten thousand foot level and and uh, and and really, uh, dig into the numbers and be like, wow, we're, we're actually, uh, we really are doing pretty well. Yeah.
0: No, no, I I have it in front of me here and you know, it's, it's, I was shocked too. Like I, I like they, they put together this, uh, the team over at kiss market, phenomenal job, Amanda over there did a phenomenal job of putting this book together. And most of you aren't watching this, but we are recording this on video Um, but there's a whole book booklet to date created and everything. It looks really, really good. And we passed it out, but there's a, there's a page, you know, where it highlights your revenue increase, your profit increase, your profit made. Um, and I, I looked at these numbers and I'm just like, is that real? Like, is this, did this really happen? And I'm just like, it looks like one of those fake testimonials. That's what it looked like to me. Um, yeah. But but it's not like it's real. Really? Um, and you don't have them in front of you, but I do. So I'll just like literally, you had a two hundred and eighty eight thousand dollar revenue increase. Like Correct. that's not like that. Not you did two hundred and eighty eight thousand, which is honestly the average of what most gyms are doing right now. You had that number in an increase in revenue, which which was a sixty eight percent increase in revenue. You had a. T- <laughs> A 215 percent increase in profit, a, yeah. in a profit increase of $115,000. Um, you had a, a, a profit made of $215,000, which is like what most people gross was your profit. Um, and you reduced training hours by 12 a month. I mean, it, it was like it, reading this was like gaudy. that's the word I used. It was like gaudy. It was just like, that is like, wow. So congratulations on on that. Thank you. Thank
1: you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it was, it was amazing. Um, And honestly, I'm, you know, I talk about in CEO a lot. I get, I get big into the numbers in terms of like I create kind of a vision each month in terms of what I want my revenue goal to be my membership number, all of that. And actually last year, last year's mastermind when we did the one year plan and we did the numbers of what we want everything to be. And I know you push all of us to make it an uncomfortable number and keep rewriting that number until it's, (laughs) you're, you're really squirming in your pants. Like, can you actually make this happen? And so, I mean, that's what I did. And it's crazy because I actually hit all of those numbers and actually even exceeded it a little bit, which is pretty nuts.
0: Yeah. I do this thing at the mastermind. I make people, you know, I have them write down, you know, the goal for revenue and, you know, they write it down. And then I said, raise your hand. If you feel sick to your stomach right now. And, you know, it's like, well, anyone without their hand raised, uh, cross out your number and raise it by 20%. <laughs> and then they, they learned very quickly to raise their hand. <laughs> uh, but John, I, I want to take us back um, because mm-hmm. you actually have a really good story uh i believe you joined mastermind spf mastermind it was it during COVID. is that when you joined right
1: right right after actually right after right after
0: after, uh COVID. so kind of take us back and tell us where your business was in you know i'm I'm, do you remember the month that you joined mastermind i'm not
1: positive but i i can i can kind of give you a real quick recap and yeah, and tell, us where, kind of tell us where tell us where you're when
0: you joined Mastermind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So even um really my entry into your world was first into the six-week uh client surge. Mm-hmm. And that was that was back when I was only about four or five months into my business. I think I was only making four thousand dollars a month and was really struggling, was losing money hand over fist and did the six-week client surge with you. And that was my first introduction really into direct response marketing Mm. and completely transformed my business and really how I looked at running a small business versus a big business. And so that was really the initial transformation. And at the time I was like, 100%, I'm gonna join the mastermind, but I I can't even pay my rent. So I was like, (laughs) as as soon as I have the money, I'm going to do it. And so I just barely scraped by Covid came, pivoted, and was able to kind of keep things rolling. And then, so I think I joined in probably October, or November of 2020, which was that that Covid year, and that was really the first time when I had that initial transformation. So that I've been in business. This is my fourth year. The first year, I think we did just a hundred thousand in revenue, barely. Kind of, we lost, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Um, Second year was kind of a break-even year. We did around 220. And that was when I kind of joined the mastermind at the end of that year. And going from that year to the following year, which would be last year's calendar year, we went from 220 to 485, I think. So that was the first really big boom last year. And that came from joining SPF mastermind was really where I had that massive increase in my business and then really last year in December was when I joined CEO and then from there to now is really when we we've, we've taken that even that next step where we've had this tremendous growth in terms of our revenue and and profit and membership and all of that has really come in this last year where we've really taken it to that next
0: level yeah. No, awesome. Talk. talk I, I'm interested to go back to you, what you said about the six week surge and how you learned direct response marketing. Cause I think a lot of people struggle, still struggle with the marketing side. And I think a lot of people listening to this, you know, they listen to this podcast and they join my programs to get better at marketing. Um, It mm-hmm. seems to me that you had somewhat of a breakthrough Um, and you mentioned direct response talk about where your marketing was when you before surge and then what were the big shifts and changes you made um you know after that to to experience the breakthrough that you had so i would say before surge i basically had no
1: marketing plan i had no idea what i was doing i was i mean i, I was doing like a lot of business owners i was doing some of the grassroots stuff just kind of right. organically in terms of like I need to get somebody in the door. Let me go walk down to this business down the street, introduce myself and, and just kind of network that way, whatever, you know, um, five K's and stuff were going on, try to get a booth and involved in that. But I really had no strategy around any of those things. And then obviously the biggest thing for me is my background. I'm a physical therapist and really wanted to leverage that background for the client's um that I was working with and really drawn that ideal clientele but I had no idea how to actually do that how to market myself in a way that I would attract my ideal clientele so I think one of the the really that 6 week client surge w- got me completely thinking about my business and marketing in a whole different way where I would say the first piece was finding who is your ideal client where yeah. I never really thought of that before so I really drilled down on who is the person that I want to work with Who's the person that could afford my services and how do I speak to them in their language? So I would say that was the first piece. And then the second component and really the the direct response marketing side was understanding that, you know, there always needs to be an offer to a specific targeted audience where before that it was more just general, just like anybody, any big box gym. Hey, we're a gym. Come work out and hope that people show up as opposed to. We work with this very specific clientele, you know, men and women, 40 to 60 years old, who, you know, they they make a lot of money. They probably have a couple kids at home. They've also got some back pain or some knee pain. They're 30 pounds overweight. They haven't been in the gym in five years. And you can go on and on about exactly who that ideal clientele is. And then you learn to speak the language of that client and make them an offer that's compelling based on what they're looking for to get started. And really learning all of that started at the surge. And then over the last few years, I've been able to kind of harness my skills of just practicing it and getting better at writing emails, better at writing copy, and then obviously better at the sales process as well. And so that's really where a lot of the growth has come from just learning these things but then actually applying them. Because I think that's what I've noticed is that a lot of the people who don't have as much success is they're chronic readers, chronic listeners, but they're not chronic doers. And I think that's really the difference in in between the people that um, the, you know they go to, whether it's Mastermind or other types of events, and they consume all this really good information, but then they don't do anything with it. And really, the difference is taking action on all of these things
0: yeah I, and I want to talk about that for a second too because I, I think uh I, I taught I at the last Mastermind I taught a pretty pretty much a personal development um workshop at the last and that there I actually put on one of the lessons I put a picture of you and Devin Gage who's the other finalist and um the the lesson was taking action right and I want to Stay on that for a second, there. Um, one of my mentors, Dan Kennedy, has a book called The Ultimate Success Secret. And basically, he says, There's really one success secret that is trumps all the rest of them. And if you do this one success secret, you're putting yourself in the driver's seat to be a successful person. And that one success secret is taking action. Like the whole book. Is about that one thing, and it's not a small book. Uh, sorry, it, it is. A, it's a small book, but it's just one hundred pages just on this. You seem to do this better than, and now I'm around you know hundreds of gymnasts all the time. You seem to do this better than most. Where does that come from, and why do you feel like that's something that you have you know? adopted into your life um, so effectively?
1: I don't know. I would say, you know, there's a couple things. I think there's definitely just an internal driver for me that this internal clock that is always going off in my head that I need to be going, moving forward, progressing, you know, and I. it's interesting. I think a lot of that comes from the most the most impactful book I've ever read is Mindset by by Carol Dweck, and I recommend it to all my clients. Anybody that always asked me about, you know, what what is, what's something I could read that would be really helpful for me, and it's really that book. And the interesting thing I think around where that comes from, and a lot of the drivers for me when I read that book, I was listening to the things that she talks about, and basically those. People that don't know about a growth mindset—it's really the idea that none of your your in none of your qualities are fixed. That everything can be improved. So every aspect of your life, you have room for growth, room for improvement. Even things that people think are innate skills, like artistic skills or or learning to play piano, that they've shown that if people have the right coaching and everything like that, they can improve. Like you're not going to be Mozart, but you're you can become a very effective piano player. So in every area of life, you can grow and get better. And I think for me, when I was reading that book, I honed in on a couple things and it, it, I give a lot of the credit to, to my parents. I think a lot of, you know, this, this nature versus nurture. But one, I think my my dad is a is a very hardworking guy. You know, he was an instrument mechanic at a refinery and, you know, worked outside manual labor, hot in the summer cold in the winter all that and he never complained about work was always working super hard and so I always he was somebody who never had to say like hey John you have to work hard you know that's important like I just had the the just the ideal of just watching him and seeing how hard he worked and I was like I want to work like that and then on the other end in whether it was school um sports, all the things I w- was involved in as a kid, my mom did a really good job of something that I know she didn't do consciously. But after reading the book, I was like, man, she she really did great at this. And it has to do with it. If you're trying to instill a growth mindset in your kids, the language you use is so important. And so let's say if somebody is super smart, your kid is very smart. You don't want to always tell them like, oh, you're so smart. You're the smartest person I know. You're the best in your class because they their mindset becomes fixed on the idea of them being smart. And then if somebody is smarter than them or they get a bad grade, they kind of have a crisis of identity because they're no longer the smartest. And so even though I did well in school, I did well in sports, these types of things. The thing that always resonated in my mind that my mom would say to me all the time was like. She'd say, Johnny, you're such a hard worker. I'm so proud of how hard you work. Like you always work so hard. And that was like ingrained in me. was like hard work. Like that's my identity. I'm a hard worker. That's what I do. So then as I got older, everything I did, whether it was sports, school, as I got into fitness and bodybuilding, my mindset was always like, I'm going to work as hard as possible because that's what I do. That's my identity. I'm a hard worker. And so when I got into business, it was kind of the same thing where i felt like early on i definitely wasn't smarter than anybody i didn't have the access or resources or money or anything but i knew that i had a capacity to work a lot harder than most people and that if i just did that and if each day i was working harder than the guy down the street that eventually i would start to see the the returns on that and then as i started to have some success i was like i need to continue that same process, like not take my foot off the gas. And that's what I've found is even as I've had a little bit of success, anytime I start to pull back just a little bit, Mm -hmm. it very quickly goes the other way. So it's like, you, you can't lose that, that focus. And that's where I feel like I have that internal clock within me that I'm like, even if things are going good, that's when you need to push harder because as soon as you take your, your foot off the gas, you start going the other way. No, Man, that's a, that's
0: that's beautiful. That's a lot of it. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, it's funny you say that because that was probably one of the fir- very first personal development books that I read as well. Was mm-hmm. mindset. I I remember uh, a a friend, uh, a guy's uh, a client of mine uh, whose father I was training. The kid and the father gave me the book, and I just started reading. I was like, "This is amazing." She's uh, done some, and, and if you look at a lot of the guys today, all of the the mindset stuff goes back to her work. Quoting for that, sure, Dweck's research. So it's a definite one that you want to pick up. But the other thing I think you've mastered, and this is we'll have some fun with this one. The other thing I think you've mastered is the fear of criticism, which they yeah. talk about in mindset. And basically, how do you view criticism and feedback? Do you view it as something that makes you get better? Uh, or do you view it as a personal attack? And, you know, there there is common knowledge of you, of pictures of you circling the Internet in uh, some uh, very model esque uh, yeah. posing on. And uh, you do not allow that to you You get some some flack for that in the from Joe Hashi and the members of, of, of the mastermind. But um, I, honestly, if I look like you, I would be posing on motorcycles too uh but it is funny and i also love the fact that you're taking those pictures uh and if you don't follow john on uh instagram what what is your instagram handle
1: it's a doctor so it's doctor and then my last name so d-r-j-o-h-n-d-o-u-g-h-e-r-t-y
0: dr john you'll see pictures of him and the cool thing is you know i think you got you did like a modeling shoot you know yeah, with these yeah. pictures, and you realize, all right, I got these pictures. I'm going to use them, and you've actually started to use them for Facebook ads, mm-hmm. right? Which is like, it, 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 but you're you you have done two things really well in your marketing, and this is your next level marketing, right? I I want to get back to what you did to have the success because I, I have a couple things here uh, that you highlighted, but what you've done is you've taken the your marketing to another level and more of almost like a personal brand um authority building play um mm-hmm. by using one your you know hard work from the gym right sure. and using that in in a modeling uh form but also using the first two initials before your name of doctor because you're a physical therapist right and that is a an authority place you're doing a, a you're taking marketing to another level with authority but let's go back to the things that you really did um, you know, and the th- th- things you talked about in your document, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a couple of them out to you. You talk about sure. which ones, uh, but I think this one would be really helpful for, for people. Um, one of the ones you mentioned was your Google review challenge, mm-hmm. right. And you talked about, and for, if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're not getting Google reviews, you're, you're seriously missing the mark on getting your website seen, and improving the amount of people that are actually going to your website. Um, So talk about what you did on the Google review challenge and how that was helpful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that was one of the uh, more successful things we did. And basically, we ran a challenge. Just the only the sole goal was to get as many Google reviews as possible. I think at the time we had about maybe 30 or 40, we didn't have a, have a ton. And we wanted to get 50 new Google reviews in one month. And so we had maybe this was last year, we probably only had about a hundred members at the time. And our how we basically ran the challenge, it was it was one month and we promoted it heavy to our members and all they had to do was if they left us a Google review, they got a free t-shirt, free Conquer Fitness t shirt. And if it was somebody Um, who was already had already left us a review, then in order for them to get the free T-shirt, we made it a review and refer challenge. If they referred somebody new to the gym, then they could get a free shirt as well. So people didn't feel left out. But it was really simple. And really the main reason that we did that was to improve, uh, to drive obviously more traffic to our website and everything like that. But really it was, if you think about... um, the the laws of persuasion, you're you're looking at um, social proof. And that is so high because if somebody comes in and I talk to somebody on the phone, I could be the best salesman in the world. But if I have two Google reviews and the person down the street has 150, like they're much more likely to want to call them before they would call me because they have all this social proof where they can read through and see all these people that gave five star reviews and left great comments about the transformation they've had, and all these different types of things. And so we're looking at that's the first barrier to entry, because what I I tell my trainers all the time is the clientele that we're targeting, which is going to be most of the people on, the, on this that are listening to this podcast, which is going to be, you know, men and women, middle age, 40, 50, 60 years old. These clients, a lot of times they've got a lot going on in their life but they've also been thinking about this for a while. They've been thinking about losing weight for months, sometimes years, and it, there's a, a large barrier just for them to make the initial phone call because they, they feel self-conscious, they're overweight, they've struggled with this, they haven't had success in the past. So we wanna make them feel as comfortable as possible before they even get on the phone. And one of the ways to do that is when they search personal trainer near me and you pop up first on Google search and you've got 150 plus reviews or however many reviews and the next closest person has 25 or whatever, number one, they're clicking on your website right away. They're gonna look at all your reviews. They're gonna read that. And then they start reading somebody who says, yeah, you know, I'm a 45-year-old mom of three and I was struggling for all these years and I came here and they're amazing and I lost 30 pounds. And if the person reading that is a 45-year-old mom of three, they're going, oh my God, this is the place for me. And then when you get them on the phone, they're already bought in. You you don't even have to sell them because they've already, they're like, yeah, I spent 20 minutes reading your reviews and on your website before I even called. And like, that's when you can really speak to that ideal clientele and you're not even doing any of that work. It's working for you all day long. So if, if people are not doing Google reviews, I feel like it's one of the most important things you could focus on um, for your gym in, in terms of getting it to grow.
0: Yeah. Your, 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 your reputation uh, precedes you. That's a really like Mm -hmm. powerful thing to do. And that is why I love what you're doing in the community um, you know, and positioning yourself as such a, a, an expert. um, Because when you have that status and that authority in your community, you start to gain what's called price elasticity, right? And where you can charge more money than your competition because you are somebody. And John, you are doing that better than the rest. Um, I want to lead into a next question. I want to give credit where credit is due. You've had a very powerful digital marketing presence in the last year. And I assume that you're not running your own Facebook ads and you didn't build your own website, Right. Um, can you talk about your experience with, with with Kiss Marketing and our great friend, the tech nerd, Will Matheson, who calls you his favorite client because <laughs> everything just seems to work for you. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's just because you're in Frisco, Frisco Texas. I do think yeah. that you allow it to work. And what I know of you is you don't get panicked if all of a sudden your Facebook ad doesn't give you 7,000 leads in the first day. You understand how it works. You play the game. And because of that, Will has n- named you one of his favorite KISS marketing clients. Um, but I know your digital presence is going phenomenally well. Talk about your experience with your digital marketing with KISS.
1: Absolutely. No, I mean, that's that's been a... Massive game changer over the last year. I started using Kiss Marketing for my Facebook ads earlier this year. Uh, I believe we we initially put together the plan in January. We started running ads in early February. Um, and I'll say a couple things when it comes to Facebook advertising, especially with with Kiss Marketing. So when I first opened up, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I had no success in the first couple of months. And I was like, you know, panicking and trying to find somebody to help. And I and I, I hired somebody to do my Facebook ads. And it was like a young kid, um, him and a couple other young kids. And they were very good at the tech side of things. So they knew all of that, but they had zero clue on target market.
0: Mama's so, basement Facebook ads guy. <laughs> yeah. And so
1: basically they were they were putting out these ads for me and they would write the copy where it was like, it was targeting like an 18 year old girl that wants like a bigger butt, you know? Like it was like, so I would literally have leads coming in and I would call these people and they wouldn't even have a car to get to the gym. Never mind be able to afford $500 a month for a personal training (laughs) membership or whatever. So I was like, it was the worst experience ever. And so KISS marketing is the complete opposite because for those that don't know, Will was a gym owner. So, and all of the people on the KISS marketing team, they completely understand our gyms and who our target market is, how we want to speak to the clientele, what the clients are looking for in terms of like the images that are going to connect with them, the copy, all of these types of things. And then they help on the strategy side in terms of like, you know, what are some compelling offers and all these types of things. So they they really understand it's much more of not like a, a Facebook ad agency as much as it is a more of a full marketing agency that really understands who that client is and how do we speak to that client and how do we do it via Facebook, which is very different than just running purely Facebook ads. So that's the first part. And then the second part, I think why Will says that I'm one of his favorite clients on KISS is kind of what you've alluded to is I do have a very good understanding of how Facebook works in terms of the algorithm and how, you know, finding the right clients and being able to connect with those people. And one of the things that I think that where people have struggled when it comes to Facebook ads is that they they dabble in it. You know, they they'll throw a couple hundred bucks in ad spend and they're not getting the ideal client. They get you know a few leads, but maybe most of the leads are, are crappy and they're like, oh, this isn't working. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I think it's something where number one, you have to spend quite a bit of money in order for Facebook to really start targeting, retargeting and finding who are the people that are this is connecting with. And then it starts to dig into your, your ideal target market and starts to show it to more of that ideal clientele But that doesn't happen if you're only spending, you know, $200 a month on Facebook ads. You really gotta commit to the process, be willing to spend a lot of money um, so that you can let it do its job and actually work. And I think a lot of this also comes back to understanding from a business perspective, and this is why the whole SPF side works hand in hand of understanding if your pricing strategy is correct, and you're charging enough money, then you're able to spend the amount that you need to to have success on the Facebook ads because you're gonna need to spend a lot more money to get that ideal clientele. But then if you know your, your cost of acquisition and what that typical front end offer is gonna be for the client, what the typical lifetime value of that client is, then you know, okay, I could afford to spend say $500 to acquire a client if I know that the average spend on that client is going to be $3,000, I'll do that all day long. Yeah. And I think most, most people, they don't have one. They And if I honestly, if I wasn't in SPF, I wouldn't have an understanding of all the numbers of my business and everything like that where I could do this. But because I am, and then I understand the Facebook side, I know, okay, it costs me X to um, typically acquire a client right now on these ads that we're running. But that client that signs up is typically going to spend Y, which is three times, five times, 10 times as much. So I'm willing to spend that all day long. And so I'm I'm willing to, you know, and even right now, what we've got going on, I know I had went to Will about a month or so ago. And I was a little bit stressed going into the end of the year into Q4, because I think any gym owners listening to the podcast know historically it's usually pretty slow, very difficult to get people to come into the gym during Thanksgiving and Christmas and start a workout program. Almost everybody's going to say, "Oh, let me wait till January. let yeah. me get through the holidays. I don't want to start anything right now. I've got travel and all this stuff going on and one of the things I realized and it goes back to the mindset stuff, I made a mindset shift where I was like, is not everybody is is not going to sign up right now. There are people that would sign up right now yep. if you made them a good enough offer Yep. and you have to put that offer out there. And so, you know, I came up with it with an offer, put together an ad strategy, utilized the the pictures I did from the photo shoot, used a lot of my background as a physical therapist to create that authority status. And we started running these ads about a month ago. And I mean, they're, they're crushing. I know, I know. I know. I know. Will like we were getting when we opened up. We were getting like eight dollar lead cost, which is like that's lead cost from like ten years ago on Facebook. Yeah. And like we're getting quality leads, and these people are converting. And honestly, I'm running a I'm running a discounted offer for our, our semi private program, and most of the people coming in are actually signing up on one on one without a discount. So it's like it's just it's just good copy to get them in the door get them to answer the phone but then they're like they're fired up and they're like yeah let me start off on this first and so most of the people aren't even paying a discounted rate and they're paying full price they're starting right now and it's just cuz we're willing to push and make that offer and honestly i'm spending a lot of money on these facebook ads but the return i'm getting is you know way more than what i'm spending so it's it's well worth it so i think people just need to be willing to commit to What I, what I, and I've told some of the other guys in the mastermind, because I know there was a, one of the members at the previous meeting, I was talking to him and he was kind of worried about hiring somebody and he was like, you know, going through the costs. And this is something that you do a lot with us. And you're like, well, how much will it actually cost per week, you know, to, to hire that person. And so we, I did the math with them real quick and whatever it was, let's say it's an extra, I don't know. 400 bucks a week for him to hire another part-time trainer, which is going to be 1600 bucks a month, but it gets him back, you know, 20 hours a week, which is 80 hours a month. And I was like, well, in 80 hours a month, do you think that you can make an extra 1600 bucks? And he's like, oh yeah, all day long. It's like, okay, well, exactly. So make that higher. And uh, I talked to him this time and he did, and it's going really well. But one of the things I had said to him, which is the thing I always say to myself is like, do I plan on growing or do I plan on staying the same? it's like, no, I plan on growing. So if I plan on growing, then I'm going to want to make that higher. I'm going to want to spend more money on Facebook ads. I'm going to want to do these things that are going to drive growth because I don't plan on staying the same. So even though it's risky, quote unquote, risky at the time, maybe I feel like I, I don't quite have the money to do it, but it's like, well, do I plan on actually getting that return and growing? And if I do, then Of course, you're willing to spend that money because you know that you're going to grow from it. You're not looking to spend that money as an expense. It's an investment. And that's really how I look at the Facebook ads.
0: Well, yeah, beautiful answer. You nailed it. And one of my biggest pet peeves is gym owners tinkering with Facebook ads and getting on the phone and you know calling people like will like kiss and being like well what's up with my facebook ads and stuff like they just tinker 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 and here's a situation where you have a deep understanding of this you have a deep understanding of the facebook and the algorithm and how it works and you're still allowing the experts to do the job and to do the work so uh great great job and uh, awesome work with with uh thinking creatively and using those pictures, um, that you have. Um, so, um, I want to shift gears to CEO mastermind. And I know that you have been, you know, in SPF for uh, a couple of years now, and you made the jump this year to join CEO. Um, why did you decide to take that leap into the next level, the top level of our coaching program? Um, and what were the biggest things that you uh have gained uh from it to really turn into you know one of the most successful members in the in the entire group
1: i think um so first question kind of like my reasoning in terms of getting to ceo i know initially one of the big things was financial clarity i know before joining ceo i had done pretty well that year. So that was really that, that transformative year where I went from break even to actually starting to be profitable and making a decent amount of money for a gym owner. Um, but I had zero clue in terms of my finances. I was only looking at like just the money in the bank and like, okay, it's going up a little bit. All right. I'm okay. It's going up. Okay. Like, and that's all I was looking at. Like I had no idea in terms of like my profit in terms of like what I was actually spending per month, my expenses, anything like that. And I wanted to know that stuff, but I just, I felt like I didn't have the time. And, and honestly, it's just like, it's just like our clients, you know, like our clients know that they need to work out. They know they need to eat healthier, but they need someone to hold them accountable to actually do it. And I feel like the CEO was like that next level of accountability when it comes to the numbers on your gym in terms of like, this is what's actually going on, not what you think is going on or what you feel is going on, but what's actually going on. And so that's where I was like, I, I need that in order to, to get me to the next level. I need to actually have a full understanding of what's going on in my business, because the thing is, you can't make changes in your business I mean, well, you can, you can make changes on emotion, but it's not gonna be a smart decision. You wanna make changes based on the numbers and allow the numbers to dictate the decisions that you make in your business. But if you don't have a good understanding of the numbers, you're not tracking everything um, on, you know, a daily, weekly, monthly basis and no, not just, you know, revenue and expenses and profit, but even, you know, membership numbers, um, attrition, all of those things. I wasn't really tracking any of those. And so I really needed that extra accountability to do so. So that was really my main reason for joining CEO. But then once I joined CEO, I feel like that kind of got covered very quickly. Within the first month, I was like, okay, I got my numbers in check. That's all locked in. So then really all the value was all the other stuff, which I didn't necessarily expect once I joined CEO. And I would say that so much of the growth this past year has come from being around other people who are very successful um, and at at different levels, like you know in our CEO group, we have a couple guys that are very early on in their businesses and some that have been in business twenty plus years and have been in this game forever and I think there's tremendous amount of value obviously from the people who have been in it for a long time to be able to time collapse in terms of, you know, it took them five, six, seven years to get to this point and they can give me all of that information and it can take me five months to do what they did in five years because I don't have to go through all those pitfalls because they're able to tell me like, these are the things that didn't work. Like you should do this instead of this. And then, and that value of having somebody who's been through exactly what you want to do and tell you what was, what worked for them, what didn't work and be able to time collapse, your success is, um, for me, there's, there's no price you can put on that. So that that's the one piece. And then even on the other side, I think it's really nice having some of these younger people that are a little bit earlier on in their businesses who, you know, are still thinking very creatively around like, yeah. cause you know, when you, when you're in that early stage, that first year or two of business and you have zero money and you just have to figure out how do I pay rent the next month? You have to get creative. And it's a different mindset than the business owner who's been in business for 10 or 15 or 20 years. And they have a very regimented system that's very clean and things work great. But at the same time, you can kind of get complacent. So I think there's this great blend of having people who are everybody in CEO is looking to take their business to the next level and everybody in there is looking really to take themselves out of that day-to-day operational role in their business. And so everybody kind of has the same goal, but everybody's at different levels in terms of how long they've been in business and everything like that. So I think it you really get this this great blend of, you know, these veterans that, you know, have all of this great knowledge that they can impart on you and then you got some of the rookies who are you know, excited and creative, and you can get that that blend. And if you can just take all that information and take all of that and say, what can I apply to my business specifically to get me to my goals in half the time? And then if you start operating like that, and I think the other piece with CEO, which is amazing, is because we meet quarterly every three months, it's like, a long enough time period where you can actually make some really good progress, but it's not that long to it where comes like, quick. it comes, it, quick. It, comes <laughs> it comes very fast. So, so, and I think that's where another thing for me in this last year, it ramped up that urgency for me even more because like we go into these CEO meetings and then we leave saying, okay, we're going to do X, Y, Z when we come back in three months, And that three months comes really fast. Yeah. So if you're not on the gas, day after day after day, like you're not going to hit those goals that you said you were going to do. And then you got to walk into the meeting and be like, well, I said I was going to do this, but I only got half of it done, you know, I, which I which call the feel CEO.
0: Great. It's the, the no ego mastermind. You can't have a big ego in CEO because you're literally getting naked in front of the room because you guys bring your profit and loss statements. Like you can't run and hide um from that but I love what you said John and it's so refreshing to hear you talk like this but you said something that I think um is one of the reasons why you're having so much success um but it's also the opposite of the way you're thinking is why a lot of people get held back and you said something I've I've been in a lot of masterminds before and people kind of get in these things well oh there was people not not at my level you know, in the mastermind. And I think there's always things to learn from everybody. So I really appreciate what you just said about learning from the guys that, you know, are up and coming and are hungry and don't have a lot of money and are creative. Um, I think a lot of gym owners would look at that situation of like, oh, well, you know, he's not at my level. And, And it's funny because there was a couple people in the original CEO mastermind that quit the CEO mastermind. Because they cited that a couple of the other guys in the group weren't at their level, so they left. Mm -hmm. And it was a very interesting thing. And it's just like the opposite of your mindset. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's I'm not going to talk about like where those people are or anything like that now. But I look at the people that are still in the CEO mastermind and the original group four years later and are kicking ass and taking names. And the people that left, left because there was a couple of the people in the group that weren't their level. And um, Mm -hmm. so I I appreciate that mindset uh, very, very much. And um, hey, I want to, I want to end with this. I just want to congratulate you on, you know, the nomination and congratulate you on your unbelievable speed of success. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the amount of, great things going on in your business and your life right now. Do me a favor, John, tell me, tell, you know, there's a lot of gym owners listening to this that are probably not in SPF that are, you know, thinking about doing something with somebody this year about, you know, getting a business coach and getting some help and support. Um, what's your advice to to people like that that are potentially thinking about doing something like joining Mastermind, joining Surge, joining CEO, something like that. What's your advice to those people um, that may be on the fence to do something like this? For sure. I think um, in the
1: presentation I did at the Mastermind, I kind of had some lessons learned in the last year. And one of them it's not just the last year, it was just a, a reminder in the last year and it's leap before you're ready. And that's every success I've had in my business has been a result of that. So even when I, when I joined the surge, I didn't have the money to join the surge, but I, I did it and then I, I 10X the result, right? When I joined SPF, I really couldn't afford it, but I knew, again, it went back to the idea, do I plan on growing or staying the same? And I plan on growing. So I was like, this is an investment. I'm gonna make this and then more. And then I mean, I I can't even you know the numbers, obviously, and how much of that is attributed to SPF? A significant portion. So I mean, just the investment is at least 10x minimum the return that I got from joining SPF. And then CEO, same thing, another 10x on that. But even when I joined CEO last year. I was still in a position where it was not financially. I, it was very tight where I was like, ah, uh, you know, I, part of me was second guessing. Like, I don't know that I really have the money to do this right now. This is going to a little bit put me behind the eight ball. But then at the same time, I just went back to that mindset. Okay. Am I thinking in a growth mindset or am I thinking in a fixed mindset? And I was like, well, If I'm saying I don't have the money, then that means that I don't plan on making any more money than I am right now, which my business is always going to stay the same. And that's not what I plan on doing. I plan on growing. So I was like, okay, I'm ready to take that next step. So I think for gym owners who are contemplating, you know, should I join SPF? Should I join the surge? Should I take that next step in my business and hire a coach and hire somebody that can? you know, help me really to time collapse. That's really what you're paying for. You're paying for the ability to get to success at a much faster rate than you would on your own. And for me, that is that is a no-brainer that there is zero reason why you should not do that. Because I, obviously from personal experience, if you step into SPF and if you literally just applied 10%, of the stuff that you learn, you will 10 X your investment just to be a member of the group. And it just goes back to having the right mindset, taking action on the things that you learn. And if you're willing to do that, there, it's not really a risk. Um, it's, it's an investment that's going to make massive returns for you.
0: Uh, I, I want to, John, um, beautiful And I want to reiterate the increase of financials because it's (laughs) so disgustingly gaudy. A two hundred eighty-eight thousand increase in twenty twenty-two. A two hundred fifteen percent profit increase of one hundred fifteen thousand increase. He made two hundred fifteen thousand dollars in profit. Reduced his training hours by thirteen. added three staff members and went from a hundred members to 170 members since January 1st I mean if and that and I'll, it, I'll you're, even, you're either a liar or you're just doing really good and <laughs> I, and, I, and
1: I'll even so that and that those are the numbers when we submitted that you know that was based on I think September to September so we were actually at um a hundred and three members when we started this calendar year january 1st 2022 it's november 17th we're at 194 and we last year we did 475 or 485 revenue and we're on pace we should do 800 this year so wow it's uh wow pretty significant and so yeah so those people that are on the fence Um, I think the numbers speak for themselves.
0: <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, 194. Well, you better not be a, a slacker and not hit 200 members this year. You better that's, get that's, after it. That's, yeah. that's been the goal. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. John, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing this interview. Uh, a lot of great knowledge bombs that you dropped for us. Uh, I strongly suggest everyone follow John on Instagram, Dr. John. Doherty. Uh, he's doing some great stuff from a personal brand standpoint that I think everyone can learn. Um, it's it's at Dr. John Darty on Instagram. Um, you can follow John uh, there. And John, uh, I will see you on uh, January for the next CEO uh, Mastermind meeting. If you are interested in joining us in Mastermind, Uh, either coming as a guest at our next meeting or um, really just chatting with us about joining. Uh, I'll put a link to the show notes uh, to get more information on the mastermind. So just just click that link in the show notes uh, to have that. So, John, thank you so much. I appreciate you and appreciate you coming on. Great job. Thank you, Vince.